Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello and welcome to the Progressive Britain podcast. This is the podcast with the unpopular opinion that progressive politics has a huge amount to offer the modern world. My name is Alison McGovern and I'm the chair of Progress and I'll be your host today because on the Progressive Britain podcast, Stephanie Lloyd, we have some big news, do we, do we not? We do have some big news. All the listeners will know and love the beautiful dulcet tones of Connor Pope. Our, our normal host. Our normal po- host, podcast. although according to the Evening Standard, he's not the host I was, <laughs> <laughs> which I enjoyed deeply. Um, oh, the MSM. <laughs> but Connor, this is this is your last week. At, this is quite a big announcement, to be fair. Yeah. Well, last... should, we, should, we, should we let the man himself make it? Go on then. It's my last week at Progress. <gasps> I know I'm off at the end of the week. Do not worry, listeners, we have tissues here. You know, we've come to deal with the shock and the horror of living without Connor. But you're going off to do quite an exciting thing. Yeah, I'm going to be working in football journalism for uh, 442 magazine. It, I mean, it does mean you going to do that means you're going to actually get to do football all the time. So I will no longer have ex- an excuse to turn this podcast into a football podcast. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. I'm expecting a lot more text messages from you than I even get now. <laughs> yeah, no, no, you definitely, you definitely, <laughs> you definitely will. So we thought just to mark this occasion of uh, Connor departing the good ship progressive Britain podcast. Mm. Um, Steph and I would just ask him a few questions. Yeah. And we'll do like a thing later on in the show about, you know, actual politics and Brexit and what's going on. But that's right. I think we're going to have an interview with Stella Creasy about the Citizens Assembly stuff that she and I and Jess Phillips and others have been pushing. Which is exciting. But, but before that, but before then, <laughs> we're going to embarrass then. Connor. Okay. Let's start with an easy question, Connor. <laughs> okay. Favourite guest... Wow. Um, that we've ever These had are all the questions the that you're not going to answer because, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, everyone else will hate you otherwise, but um, but answer them. Yeah. And, also, <laughs> and also, Connor is the one who always asks the more difficult questions. I mean, Connor's always the one sitting there pretending to be all naive and innocent <laughs> and then asking the really horrible questions. Um, so come on. Of all the people that we've interviewed, who is your fave? I don't know. Uh, God, this is it's really quite difficult, actually, isn't it? I really enjoyed the the episode we did with Phil Collins about speeches. I thought it was really interesting. That Stella Creasy, who hopefully will be on this podcast later today, uh, she was uh, 
I think still remains our most listened to episode before. Really? So, you know, I've got a, a soft spot for that episode in particular. It's because of numbers. Actually, actually, no, it's the second most listened to after one about anti-Semitism with Marlon Solomon. Which, which, you, was, did, which you which, didn't do. Which was excellent, but I wasn't on. <laughs> <laughs> so I think, yeah, maybe Marlon. We'll yeah, me and Richard that. did that one, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, hate, I hate to say there might be a reason behind Connor leaving, but our <laughs> Most Listen To podcast didn't it's, have him on it. It is, it is data-led. <laughs> yeah. And... Let's ask a really tough question. Of all the guests that we've had on the podcast, mm. who would you say you'd like to interview again? Because you just don't think that you that we got anything out of them, or that you, <laughs> who, 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 who who did you not do a good enough job with yeah. the first who time? Did, who did they walk away and you thought, "I really wish I could have asked them"? I don't know. Ten I felt, more questions. Weirdly, I felt like the actually the one with Alistair Campbell the other week. Not that we didn't get much out of him because I felt we got a lot. But I also felt that that could have gone on for like another hour. Definitely. Because he, uh, he, he does answer questions kind of properly. I only got through about half of what I'd noted down. There was, yeah. a, there was a lot more to get through. So. He also had very long anecdotes. He did, yeah. Also just wanted to stick on the Boris Johnson anecdote for a lot longer. <laughs> I, felt like, I, felt, I felt we could have mined that for a really long time. A really long time. Um, if you, who, who would you have liked to have interviewed on the podcast but you haven't had a chance to yet? Um, yet, uh, God. Well, you haven't got a chance because you're off. Yeah, yeah, I suppose it's a, a kind of, yeah, Hillary Clinton, probably. I think <laughs> yeah, she was lined she up. Did done, she did done great yeah. on the, yeah. I yeah. Think that, that would have been pretty good. You know, maybe Alex Ferguson. He was a good Labour supporter, and uh, the kind of football element of that would have been a, an interesting. Well, you should have said. Could you imagine? Yeah, you, you we could I do could a crossover with this and your new job. I mean, given how much I hated Alex Ferguson in the 1990s as well, I, th I feel that like me and you in particular, Alex. Yeah. <laughs> so, Sir Alex, how did you make us hate you quite so much? <laughs> You know, once by being really good in the 2010 really general election, Alex Ferguson was kind enough to do some uh, postcards for Labour. So, mm. like, they had a quote of him on this postcard, and the idea was you could like write a message on it and stick it through people's doors. Did you decide against that, considering <laughs> you're in the Wirral? No, I was. <laughs> I was in our campaign office in Wirral South, where people support Everton or Liverpool or Tranmere Rovers, and definitely not Manchester United <laughs> in any way. And this massive box of postcards with Alex Ferguson arrived through the in the in the office uh, reception, and I was like ringing the regional office saying, "Are you trying to make me lose? <laughs> what is this?" And so, kind of, what are you most going to miss about the uh, Progressive Britain podcast? The you know Tony Blair still tells a story about you know kind of at five minutes to twelve on a Wednesday he still gets a kind of like feeling in his in his stomach of like God do I have to do PMQs it's like oh, no, oh, no, no. I've not been prime minister for like twelve years yeah. it's fine I think that kind of like you know slight panic at like about one o'clock on a Monday yeah because we we record on a Monday lunchtime is this I'm when like, I lean over the office and go Connor what are we talking about yeah. <laughs> I've not started on the script yet. I've, I've forgotten to book a guest. <laughs> just kind of texting into Alison's office going, are there any MPs just about? <laughs> just go and check in the, uh, in the atrium now, to see if anyone's having their lunch and we'll just do it. Now, listeners, you're hearing all the behind-the-scenes behind secrets here. Which is why we all keep going, hopefully Stella will be on later. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, it was very much, when I, when I got into the office this morning, I was like, I, it's my last podcast and I've not sorted anything for it today. Yeah, well, um, that's, that's why I think it's, uh, it's time that we turn the tables on <laughs> you, Connor. Now, I think the most important question of all is that, you know, there, there is competition between members of parliament. 
And on the Progressive Britain podcast, we've never shied away from competitions. I'm so intrigued as to where this is going. Notably, Stella and I competed in the quiz at Christmas. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was so upset that I couldn't do that. Also, because I knew all of the reality TV ones, I was like, bossed. We'll I, like that. I think I think you I, did say that you put it, it in for me. Around, <laughs> weren't you sick because there was a round for Steph? No, I was meant to be. I was meant to be on annual leave, and I'd come in for all the other ones. But I had a I had a thing booked in that I couldn't move because I spent all of my annual leave actually doing work because I'm that cool. <laughs> that reminds me, my other favourite episode actually. That quiz one was loads of fun. But the quiz we did the year before as well with Aisha Hazarika. Yeah, oh, you, oh, had, right, you had quiz. crackers and prosecco. Yeah. I wasn't yeah, yeah, on that, that one was, either. No. And mince pies. Yeah, that were a bit gross. <laughs> But anyway, most important yeah. last question for Connor. Yeah, the competition thing you were talking about and then we interrupted you. Yeah, yeah. we f- did our first quiz live at the Progress Political Weekend. Mm-hmm. And the two competitors were me and Wes Streeting. So, Connor, if you had to choose me or Wes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, didn't Roger actually answer all the questions because nobody else knew? Roger yeah, Liddell, they, Roger not, Liddell not was the in the point, audience. Steph, not the point. Trying to give you an outlet. (laughs) Our listeners want to know. I mean, Alison, this is literally the easiest question that I've ever been asked, given that Wes isn't here and you are. (laughs) So, so yeah, I'm going to go for you, Alison McGovern. There we go. That's my big answer there, I think. This is my great moment of pride. You know, I've done little else, but at least I've beaten (laughs) Wes Streeting to something. (laughs) So, Connor, thank you for your great work on the Progressive Britain podcast. You have been a fabulous host for, what is it, a year, a year and a half? Now? Yeah, something like that. Actually, on that point, we, uh, we, we've got some great analytics on the, uh, the podcast recently. We've had over 100,000 listens now. Uh, oh, hun- ja- over 100,000 listens. January, wow. January 2019 is already our most listened to month ever on the podcast. Wow. Um, We've not even finished it. Finish the month. Yeah. And so clearly like people are there are more subscribers subscribers than ever before. So I think it's, you know, in a really good place, hopefully. <laughs> and and hopefully to grow and grow with your expert guidance, uh, if not with us in the office all the time, but uh, from afar. So Connor, we wish you all the very best and love to you. It has been brilliant. Thank you, Connor Pope. Thank you very much. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. 
Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. And welcome to the second half of the Progressive Britain podcast with me, Alison McGovern, Chair of Progress. And I'm very pleased to be joined by my good colleague and veteran of the Progressive Britain podcast. It's almost like I have nothing else to do with my time. <laughs> you do do quite a lot of other things, Dan. Don't, don't, let's, not, let's not pretend you spend all your time podcasting. Stella Creasy, Hello. welcome. Now, first of all, can I just ask you, how sad are you that Connor Pope is I, I, leaving? I'm, I'm devastated. It's like ravens leaving the tower. I know. Uh, what will we do without Labour's answer to Adrian Mole? I ask myself. We, we will all wait for his good words emanating from 442 Football Magazine and uh, and hang on to each and every one of them, no doubt. Yeah. We shall miss Connor because he's been a fantastic commentator, who, lots and lots of insight and very good Instagram as well. Like he has an excellent... He's very strong. Yeah, he does, he does. But equally as important... Obviously. You and I and some other Labour women have been prosecuting a bit of an argument about something to do with Brexit, unsurprisingly. <laughs> Um, but it's please a, don't switch off at this point just because we said Brexit. Please yeah, don't. I know, dear listeners, please keep going with us. But it's a particular way of dealing with the Brexit conundrum that you have been pretty persuasive on. That I think it would be good to explain. Uh, thank you. Well, you've been even better. You wrote a fantastic article for HuffPost. This is turning a bit into a bit of a loving, isn't it? Is, it? Isn't it? Okay, probably so not what you're listening to. I'm going to try and do my best uh, John Humphreys impersonation. <laughs> Can um, I be Andrew Neil? I've got the hair. <laughs> Stella Carisi, what is all of this Citizens' <laughs> Assembly malarkey actually about? Like, what on earth is it? So, Citizens' Assemblies, in their own right, are a very good thing because they are a great way to make sure the second half of what any Democrat as well as socialist should want which is voice as well as voting to be part of the decision-making process, to give people the power not just to choose some options somebody else has set, but actually to be part of helping shape them themselves. For Brexit, I happen to think that a Citizens' Assembly could be the circuit breaker that we need, given the, the deadlock we've got in Parliament. What is a Citizens' Assembly? It is a group of people who are randomly chosen in the same way that a jury is chosen. So it's completely random. It's nothing to do with political parties, nothing to do with people who will show up. So it's not a question time audience. It's a genuinely random group of people who reflect British society, who are asked then to have a conversation to look at the different options and scenarios that people are working on and to feedback their recommendations to where to go with it. So like 100 women, 100 men, broadly reflective of ethnicity and geography yeah. and those sorts of things. So there's a very specific scientific process called sortition, which is the same process that's used to find people to be on juries. Uh, and what happens is that there's a big sort of civic uh, civic lottery taken. So 10, 15,000 people selected from the electoral register you then identify their social class, their ethnicity, their age, their gender. Um, I think if we were to do one on Brexit, you'd also want to ask how they voted in the referendum. Not because you were looking for 50-50 leave remain, just to make sure there wasn't a bias towards yeah. any particular group. And you draw up a panel of people 
um, who reflect the different areas of the country as well. So it's a it's absolutely not the same as Parliament. Look, we're here in Parliament because we've been elected and we represent our communities and our particular um, political parties. A citizen's jury is about a reflection of the British public offering their reflections to what we're trying to do and what options we're looking at. And you know, one of the things you hear people on all sides of the Brexit debate say is, I know what the will of the people is, this is what they voted for, this is what they wanted, what I stand for is what they really want to see happen next. And the truth is, none of us know no, nobody what the public really knows. think or want. So maybe I mean, let's have a conversation with them and ask exactly. them. I mean, we try to, I try to listen to as many different viewpoints as you can. Mm. But actually, it can be quite a difficult process because people can be quite... Um, they can want to debate in a particular way, you know, in that they can want to make sure that their view is heard, which is fine. Hmm. But I think the less you get less deliberation. So one of the things I've become very conscious of over the last couple of years, I don't know whether you've had this in your constituency, Ali, is that everybody starts a conversation with me going, everyone I know agrees with me. Mm. And this is what we all think in Walthamstow. And I, I just know by my post bag, that's not where people are at. The great things about citizens' assemblies is the way the conversation happens as well. So it is facilitated not to be around yes or no as much as what are your priorities and where does that lead you to next? So it's not a, it's not about finding conflict, it's about finding consensus. And Not what we do here in Parliament, but it's a really positive, powerful way of having a conversation about something that can be quite difficult and divisive. And this is might be quite new to national politics. yes. Um, but it's not new in the world or new in Britain, right? No, it's not actually new to us nationally because the Health and Social Care Select Committee and the DCLG Select Committee recently held one on adult social care. No way. A, a really difficult conversation for people about what do you do about an ageing population. Around the world, parliaments in Ireland, in Iceland, in Canada, Australia, um, in, in France even, there people are starting to talk about using these things and they have used these processes. So in Australia, they used it to look at what they should do about nuclear waste, you know, difficult conversation. Um, in Ireland, probably people are most familiar with it because it was used to decide whether or not to have a referendum on uh, abortion rights. And if they were going to have a referendum, then what might the question be that was put to the public? But we should be really, really clear, a citizens' assembly is not an outcome. So right now, there are lots of outcomes around Brexit that people are talking about, referendums, Norway, Canada, no deal. A citizens' assembly doesn't come up with a particular outcome. It's a process for having a reasonable, frankly, grown-up conversation with a group of other people who represent the communities and the countries that you're trying to do policy for, and then feeding that back into the democratic process. So it's about people, a representative sample of people, deliberating over the options yeah. and coming up with a potential way forward that Parliament could then look at and either accept, presumably, yeah. or not accept. It's a fresh pair of eyes. And I've heard people say, well, wouldn't that be Parliament admitting it's failed? I actually think it would be the reverse. It would be Parliament saying, we've got to get this right and we want to hear what you have to say. And if people think that it somehow has demeaned Leo Varadkar or Justin Trudeau, that their countries and their parliaments have used these processes... I just don't see the case for it. I think it's the reverse, actually. I think they have a better quality of discussion there because they know even on something really difficult, really divisive, there's a process that can help them come to some conclusions. And, and social care is the one for me. Like how many general elections have we had now where um, any party that wanted to put forward a way of dealing 
with the social care conundrum that we have, which is that we've got an aging population, you know, people by and large have to bear the risk of significant, you know, dementia or really debilitating diseases late in life for which they don't need medical care, which is paid for, but rather they have to pay for their own social care. You know, at every general election, any party that's put forward a solution on that has been punished by the other party. Hashtag inheritance tax. Yeah. Yeah. Hashtag death tax. Yeah. It's like, so our politics has never been able to find a kind of consensus way forward. And actually, that's presumably why the select committees chose to have a citizens assembly on that very issue. We have to talk about some of the bad habits that are just baked into the way in which we do politics in this country, kicking stuff down the road focusing on who you can blame rather than what you can get done short term rather than long term yeah looking for party advantage and we all do it because people recognize that there's you know an easy tweet that you can put out if you can blame people but it doesn't necessarily solve the problem and you know if there was ever an example of that it's brexit yeah um and i've had a lot of people say to me oh well you know this this could be a really good idea but just not for brexit because brexit is such a complicated difficult subject And I just think if you don't think abortion was a complex, difficult subject for Ireland, you haven't been listening and understanding where people are at or social care or, you know, we treat people sometimes like their children. If we treat the public like they can't grasp complicated issues or they can't find a way through or they couldn't do the job that we do, no wonder the debate is so childish. Yeah. So, Stel, um, what is going what is going on um i mean this podcast will be going out at some point um this uh this this tuesday at most likely so um what- tuesday or groundhog day as we'd all like to call it yeah. because parliament will yet again have the same five conversations about brexit the Prime Minister will come and make a statement and tell us yeah. that nothing has changed. She, yeah, that Brexit she, means Brexit means Brexit. And yeah. she'd really like it if we voted for her deal. And yeah. then everyone gets up and gives 10 different reasons why they're not going to. Yeah. yeah. And so who's backing Citizens' Assembly? So Apart from obviously, me and v? Obviously the most important thing yeah. is that we, we've, we've been backing it. Um, what's great is that we've got MPs from every political party except the DUP. I have to be honest, we haven't yet found a member of the DUP willing to, to dip their toe in the water. Crucial word being yet, I'm sure yes. it will come. Oh, I always believe yet is the word you put at the end of these sentences. To, to say, actually, we want to have a look at this. And it's not that tomorrow we want to force a vote on these things, because they are new. Most MPs haven't really come across them. And so what we want them to do is make the time to look at the model and say, well, is that something that we could apply here? You know, what are your concerns? What are your issues? So we're hoping that the Speaker might select this amendment that's got about 35, 40 MPs who've now signed it um, to give us time to be able to make the case and to start trying to see from our colleagues what their concerns are. And what actually has been brilliant is people who take very different views on the outcome. So uh, Lisa Nandy and Charlie Faulkner, who are very clear that they don't think a second referendum is a good idea, joining with people like yourself, Ali, and me, who do think that's probably the way forward to resolve Brexit, going, well, we might not agree on the outcome. Yeah but we know we need a different process and this is what we think it should be. And I, sh- and I should say at this point that a uh, good friend of the pod, Liz Kendall, um, first... Gotta, gotta have the mint cake. <laughs> first, Stella's been trying to get mint cake as I, a I nickname like for Liz mint cake. It's to never like, going to happen. It's never going to happen. <laughs> We've only been trying that for like eight and a half years still. Still anyway, time. Still time. Yeah, there isn't. Uh, <laughs> So our good friend Liz Kendall first wrote a book about the use of citizens' assemblies and citizens' juries in 1992, she said the other day when she was working for IPPR. So 
there is lots of support and we're going to try and push the argument. Yeah. I mean, it's it's fair to say we've got a little way to go, but you've got to believe. Yeah. Well, we didn't know that we had this many MPs so far who wanted to hear about it and from other political parties. We've had we've had Brexiteers tonight saying, OK, well, I want to hear the case because it sounds like it's an interesting idea. You know, yeah. the whole point about a consensual doing politics in a different sort of way is to be able to yeah. have those conversations. And, and like a, t- a short a t- supply around here. A Tory MP did call me a crackpot for suggesting it on the radio the other day. But, you know, I'm not bothered. No. I will, I'll, I'll still let him participate if uh, if he wants to. Anyway, it's a great idea and um, we will uh, stick under the, the uh, podcast some links to some of the stuff. Yep. Uh, Lisa's written about it. You've written about it. Debbie Abrahams has written about it. You can knock yourself so, out reading about the science behind it and all yeah. the ways they get selected. It's, it's very exciting. It's an exciting idea. So, Stella Creasy, let me just say thank you to you for being on the Progressive Britain podcast. It's been lovely to have you. Thank you for having me. And, uh, yeah, here's to Connor Pope. The one and only. I hope you play Chesney Hawks to play it out, obviously. <laughs> been listening to the progressive britain podcast the music was when in the west by blue dot sessions licensed under creative commons and many thanks to the brilliant caroline crampton who produced this podcast mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.